the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. To know the name, know the genius in you. Now, Albert Einstein once said that everybody's a genius. Why would one of the smartest people on the planet declare that everyone is a genius unless he knew that to be true? Now, this program is about sharing with you how people found their genius and how finding what they were great at doing ended up benefiting others. I'm your host, Sharon Lynn Wyatt, creator of Namology Science and author of Know the Name book series. At the end of tonight's show, you're going to hear clues on that are revealed in names to assist you in recognizing your own innate talents. Our expert tonight is Alexandra Stockwell, who has developed her genius in the area of developing intimacy in relationships. Now, Alexandra Stockwell started out as a medical doctor, yet she became a relationship and intimacy expert. As a wife of 23 years and a mother of four, she believes the key to passion, fulfillment, intimacy, and success in couples' relationship isn't a compromise. It's actually being unwilling to compromise because when both people feel free to be themselves and know how to love and be loved for exactly who they are, the relationship is juicy, nourishing, and deeply satisfying. For 25 years, she's shown men and women how to bring pleasure and purpose into all aspects of life, from the daily grind of running a household to successfully growing a business to creating ecstatic experiences in the bedroom. Uh, We're not going to talk about too much of those. Okay, so Alexandra helps build connected and happy families through facilitating healing and transformation for couples. Welcome to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You radio show, Alexandra. Thank you. I really am so glad to be here. And it just so happens, unrelated to our topic at hand, but earlier today, someone was talking to me and happened to mention that 15% of people walk around being called a name, which isn't actually comfortable or their preferred name. And it just opened me up to a whole other set of considerations in the work that you do. Well, isn't that sad that they allow people to call them by a name they don't want to be called by? Exactly. 
I mean, I would say don't answer. <laughs> you know, it's really interesting because um, this is so fun to tell you. I'm 50 years old and I was born in 1968. And at that time, Alexandra was an extremely rare name. I used to, as a little girl, look for the little license plates or keychains or all those kinds of things that are, um, you know, tagged with a name and there never ever was anything called Alexandra. However, that changed, I think when I was in my 20s, so about 30 years ago, it became a really popular name. But I literally have lived my whole life. Whenever people meet me, they say, Alexandra, oh, what a beautiful name. And the amazing thing is that just happened last week. It still happens that people respond to my name that way. And I feel like um, it's this very lovely red carpet that precedes me that so many people respond to my name in that fashion. Well, I think it's also the vibration you give off <laughs> because you, you just are a bright, shining, happy light. Um, Alexandra, you were a medical doctor and helping people with their health. And now you're assisting others with their relationships. What did you have to go through and experience in order to decide that relationships were so much more important than helping people with their health? I will answer that. Um, and what I'm about to say was really not something that motivated me, but I'm really glad to include it. And that is that I don't, scientifically speaking, relationships and health are not really that different the state of your relationships when you're 50 years old is a better predictor of the state of your health at 80 than any kind of cholesterol tests, other blood tests or screening tools. So in a way, I feel like I still am serving people in their health. It's just not only physical health, it's also emotional health and um, general well-being in relationships. But when you ask me, what did I go through? Really? When I was deciding what to do in terms of my career, I majored in philosophy in college. I really always loved learning about all kinds of things. And then it was time to choose what I was going to do next. And I remember having three questions. What would I be good at? What would I continue to learn and grow? And what did the world really need? And when I was in my 20s, I came to the conclusion that my response to those questions would be to go into medicine. And of course, I worked hard going through medical school and residency training, and I had my own small practice with a holistic bent. And in many ways, I had arrived. I was in my, I guess, um, late 30s. I was married. At that time, I had three children, and I had cultivated my career and should have been looking forward to another three or four decades of fulfilling work and living. But I didn't actually feel fulfilled. I loved practicing medicine. I loved being a doctor. But I found that no matter what I did, I prioritized my patients over my family and my family over myself. And it really was not an issue of time management or anything like that. It was some kind of deep core issue. And after trying all kinds of different things, I decided over six months to dial down my practice and uh, send my patients to other doctors so that I could really figure this out because I knew it was essential for me, for my marriage, for my family, for what my children were going to learn. And so I started exploring. I did all kinds of trainings, spiritual trainings, um, personal growth, just a real range of things and kind of following one breadcrumb after the other. And uh, again, due to my own yearning, I ended up taking a training that was focused on sensuality and sexuality. And it also at the same time was a coach training. And at the time I took my letters after my name seriously and I didn't really know what a coach was. But when I 
did some of the practice exercises for coaching, I knew right away that I had found my home, my new vocational home. So going back to, I love it how you started with this, because that was going to be my next question, is if the quality of someone's relationships directly influence someone's health, you know, is there a correlation between the two? So in your practice, did you see that correlation? Like if unhappy people got more illnesses or happy people got less or talk to us on that? Yeah, it, it wasn't as simple as happy people were less sick and unhappy people were more sick because there are too many variables because being sick also influences happiness. So that wasn't really my focus, but I certainly observed on multiple occasions how relationships and health are intertwined in really nuanced ways. So for example, uh, when I was in my training, I had a patient who was um, an 11 year old girl with uncontrolled asthma. What that means is that all of the usual medicines didn't work to really control her symptoms. Now, some of the time she was fine. She went to school. She even could participate in gym class if it wasn't too strenuous. And I say that because with asthma, when, when there's a lot of exertion, it can bring on symptoms. But she was pretty okay sometimes. And then other times she would come into the hospital in extreme breathing difficulty. And um, in taking care of her, I started looking at this, and this wasn't just my my awareness, but just talking with um, fellow doctors, what eventually came out is that uh, the father was uh, violent, physically abusive towards the mother. And any time that he was kind of working into a rage and the mother wasn't going to be safe, the girl would start having asthmatic symptoms and then all the attention would switch to her and calling an ambulance and getting her to the ER. And that really kind of opened the curtain for me to be able to see how health and relationships are really very, um, it's very complex how they influence one another. Um, I would say health and thinking skills or belief systems or how you look at the world outlook would greatly influence um, your relationships and your health. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I think the way I might uh, put that in, in complete agreement with you is that our self-identity determines the quality of our health and the quality of our relationships. So in other words, the better we know ourselves and the better we can approve of ourselves, um, the, the hopefully the better relationships and the better health. I want to give you something to think about before we take our break. And that is uh, one of my other guests on the show had said that men are actually very simple. All they need is appreciation, approval, and sex from their women. So I'd like your comment on that when we come back from a break. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on xzbn.net and Xzone Broadcast Network and on the website, knowthename.com. Now, after the break, we're going to find out about the six qualities of conscious partnership. Stay tuned. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? 
Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on xzbn.net and knowthename.com. Our guest tonight is Alexandra Stockwell, whose website is her name, Alexandra Stockwell. It spells just like it sounds. Now, Alexandra, before I get into um, what my other guest had said, that this is what men want, appreciation, approval, and sex, and that makes it fairly simple. I'd yes, like to, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I, I, um, um, I'd like to do your name, because this is the part of the show where we interpret part of your name. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Your name says that you can be a visionary, that you want to make the world a better place. It says that you become an expert. It literally has doctor in your name. So if you look at Alexandra, the DR in there literally says that you got to be an expert. So I think it's interesting that you became an expert in medicine and then relationships. It says that you can think quickly on your feet, that you can write well when you need to. Uh, it doesn't necessarily say that you like to. Okay. Uh, it's interesting in your name that it says you can be misdiagnosed. And since you're a physician, I think that would be fascinating to explore. And the other thing that it says in your name about health is that uh, you've got to watch your knees because as you get into your 60s, you could have knee problems. So those are some of the things um, that it says in your name, besides the fact that people could take advantage of you um, and they could get more out of you than what they th feel like they're paying for. Uh, that's probably a good thing if you're of a service organization and that you're highly likable. Wow, that's amazing. I, there's so much in what you said that, well, it all resonates with me, except my knees. I'll keep an eye out. But um, it, I guess it's it's not time yet. But the fact that people can take advantage of me and get more than they pay for, I tend to think of that as a fault. Um, I, I definitely am extremely generous. And I love helping people. And that ends up meaning that I, I, I do that in a generous way. But I always think of that as something that I really should curb for their sake and mine. And so um, I really enjoy you describing that as a very positive attribute. <laughs> so, okay, we're, we're all curious. Our previous guest said that men are very easy to keep happy. They simply want appreciation and approval and sex from the one that they love. What do you say to that? Well, um, I think that oversimplifies it. Because I think it's actually um, a very high-level skill to be able to provide authentic appreciation and genuine approval. This is not just um, like patsy compliments or um, kind of rote encouragement. I think for uh, most women, if we're talking in a heteronormative relationship, being in approval 
of their man is actually a real stretch for most women. We are not conditioned to do that. We are brought up to be critical. And um, the reason that I'm speaking about this as a very complex capability is that, um, well, one of the, the first quality of the six qualities of conscious partnership is to cultivate curiosity. And I find it's very easy for women to shift and evolve and learn to ask questions, but it's a whole other matter for them to really be open and genuinely ex accept whatever the answer is. So in a way it's simple because it's conceptually, uh, straight clean to say appreciation, approval, and sex. But I think providing all three in a way that is really um, ensouled and embodied and luscious and authentic is really not a simple matter at all. Right. We didn't say, she didn't say it was harder or harder simple. <laughs> she just said that when you can do that, those are the foundation roots. So I've just remembered that because I think it's curious. Um, I was fortunate enough to meet you, Alexandra, at a conference, and you just radiated happiness and joy. So what happened in your life that first you decided you wished to be happy, and then how did you go about finding that inner joy? I love your question, Sharon. So I was nine years old. No, sorry, I was not nine years old. My daughter was nine years old, and my daughter is uh, the oldest of four. She's a radiant um, artistic, beautiful soul. And on her ninth birthday, she was just so happy and excited to be turning nine. And it freaked me out. I, I felt extremely uncomfortable and I kind of didn't know what to do with it because I was not happy when I was nine and I really didn't relate. And, um, I had never had that experience with her, but I just felt so disconnected with her joy and radiance. And I realized that if I didn't access my own joy and radiance, she was going to be living with me for another nine years. She was invariably going to dilute her joy and become muted and restricted and not so self-expressed or happy unless I found my own joy so I could model that for her. So that really was the first wake-up call to pursue my joy. Okay, and so then how did you go about getting there? I mean, it's one thing to want it. It's another thing to get it. Well, um, I grew up in a very intellectual household. My parents have graduate degrees. My grandmothers went to college, and I studied philosophy, and then I went to medicine. So... I knew that I needed to look for my joy in a different way than I had looked for anything else and accomplished anything else in my life. And it wasn't something to figure out. So I just made a decision to explore things that I hadn't explored before. And one of the first things I did is I went to the School of Womanly Arts in New York City. And I don't really know that I had... I guess I'd owned some, like a little bit of makeup, but I really had never worn makeup. And there are so many ways in which I had never really enjoyed the fact that I was a woman. I, I enjoyed being a wife, but not so much a woman. And so um, I really, in a way, learned to experience my feelings and experience the sensations in my body. And there's, there's a lot of different kinds of emotions when one connects with the body, but joy is certainly one of them. So you finding joy had something to do with makeup? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Explain that one to me. <laughs> well, I think I had um, kind of, look down my nose at things that I thought were shallow and quote, just for the appearances. And um, I mean, I don't wear a lot of makeup now. That's not my point, but it was more that there were all of these ways of being a woman that just never interested me and even disgusted me. And I kind of played, 
it was like I played dress up with being with different kinds of archetypes of womanhood. And now I really have what I think of as my native way, which is feminine and intellectual and a little playful and also very serious and professional. But when I was starting this journey that I'm describing, I leaned into archetypes that had never attracted me at all. And so one of them was, you know, I, I started wearing a little tighter clothes and makeup, not every day, but just to see what that was like. And um, in fact, Carolyn Meese has this deck of cards, their archetype cards. And at one point I used to just pull a card and try to embody that archetype. And um, like one of, one of the fascinating experiences for me is that I tend to be a nurturer, a caretaker, just it's much easier to just handle things myself. And that's in my name, I know, from, from reading it in your book. And um, I pulled Carolyn Meese's card, Servant, and I found it an amazing experience to orient a servant towards my husband rather than mother. Now, we have a very balanced relationship um you know that we absolutely have parity but to just play with that archetype opened me up to aspects of myself that were dormant so do i inhabit them all now no but it's not because i'm shut down and constricted it's because i've played around enough in the different archetypes to know what my native way is that is fascinating. That is something I've never heard somebody say that by playing with all the different archetypes, and I'm very familiar with Carolyn Mace's uh, deck of cards and, and all of her books, and to and to play with those archetypes to figure out where you fit and what you like and to have explored them so that then you're consciously choosing which ones to embody versus which ones not to embody. I mean, that's just a, a, a fascinating way. So... On your website, you state that there's six qualities of conscious partnership. So before we get into the qualities, we're going to want to know how you define conscious partnering versus unconscious partnering, just so that we're clear. And we're going to need to take another break, but that's what we'd like to know when we come back. And then to get into those six qualities, stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on XZBN.net and XZone Broadcast Network Station and on the website, knowthename.com. Now, this show is dedicated to helping people enhance their personal relationships. After the break, we're going to find out some of the specific steps that Alexandra has used when she has assisted people. Stay tuned. here and they've been here for thousands of years making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. 
It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Now, our guest tonight is Alexandra Stockwell, who is a medical doctor and relationship expert. She can be reached via her website of the same name, alexandrastockwell.com. Okay, we want to know about the six qualities of consciousness of relationship. But first, what's conscious versus unconscious? And then we want to know the six types, because you talked about cultivating curiosity already, but we want to know the other five. Okay, what's the difference first, conscious versus unconscious partnering? Okay, great. So a conscious partnership is where both people are aware and whether or not they're thinking about it this way, they're effectively treating the relationship as a vehicle for personal transformation. So what that means is that really whatever arises can be used to build more connection, more intimacy. And when I say whatever arises, I mean watching the sunset together and dirty dishes in the sink and building resentment over it. That all of it can be used to build more connection. And um, in a conscious partnership, each person is aspiring to take 100% responsibility for the good of the relationship. I don't... I don't subscribe to 50-50 at all. I believe the best relationship is created when each person takes 100% responsibility. Okay. And so what are those six things that you talk about on your website that you think are so important? Okay. Yes. The well, six qualities. Absolutely. The first one is cultivating curiosity. Second is embracing honesty. Third is being kind. Fourth is choosing happiness. Fifth is taking responsibility. And sixth is seeking growth. And I believe that when a couple, even if just one person, honestly, but in any case, when a couple is really uh, leaning into and developing those six qualities, they will have a conscious partnership which is nourishing and passionate indefinitely. Okay. Now you talk about both being what I want to call brutally honest, but because not compromising and staying in your position, doesn't that make like, I don't know. I just see a boxing ring of both people taking to their corners. How do you get past that? Okay. Well, um, the most common relationship advice given is that you need to learn to compromise. Marriage is compromise. Everything's 50-50. And that kind of relation, that kind of um, advice leads to a relationship of toleration where 
you end up putting up with things that really don't suit you. And so um, in and of itself, that's not a problem. But if you're in the habit of compromising and putting the other person's needs ahead of your own, when it comes to choosing which restaurant to go to or which neighborhood to live in or which movie to watch or whenever that comes up, we don't have a switch inside us to then be fully present and expressed in more intimate moments. And so really a relationship where there's compromise sets up the, it it sets things up for diminishing passion and diminishing emotional intimacy because it's a relationship that's built on a foundation of withholding. So in cultivating these six qualities of conscious partnership, the goal is not to go on the offensive or uh, become super controlling. That's not the opposite of compromising. To be uncompromising means to really bring all of you to the relationship to express the fullness of what you desire or the fullness of what your response is, and then be able together to collaborate on how you're going to navigate things going forward. So, and if I'm hearing you correctly, Alexandra, it's like both people state their needs and then together you figure out how both people can get their needs met without exactly, compromise. Exactly. Exactly. Because if, if you only ask for or state, uh, you know, 82% of what you really want, you will never be satisfied. But if you state 100% of what you want, if you only get 82%, that still feels a lot better because at least your partner has seen the fullness of your desire and you can work with that going forward. It This is not about um, dominating for you know, one-sided gratification at all. It, it actually, when everyone contributes the fullness of who they are and what their needs are, then a really deep collaboration can unfold. Now, most marriages start off with a couple being madly in love. However, we all know that they don't stay that way. So, or some of them don't. So what are some of the things that people do that can cause a relationship to crumble? So in other words, what are the things that we should not be doing? Well, one of the main things is taking the the attention off the relationship. And this is why cultivating curiosity is the first quality to develop because the experience of being in love includes just being so interested in your partner and what did he have for breakfast and what's his favorite movie and what was his first grade teacher's name and what dreams and visions does he have for his life or hers and being in love it's not often spoken about this way but it is an expression of like unfettered curiosity about who the other person is and it's really important to sustain or uh, revitalize curiosity because we're always evolving and we never know one another fully. And so um, I think there's just a general lack of curiosity that comes with familiarity. Oh, isn't that interesting? So what are some of the things that people could do once they feel that the relationship is starting to crumble? You know, you get that feeling like, ah, I'm, I'm losing it or, or, or we're drifting apart. What are some of the things that people could do to turn that around? Well, it really depends on uh, how intense and how extreme that crumbling is. But if it's um, kind of early to moderate, I'll say, um, really asking questions that are open-ended that you're genuinely interested in the response goes surprisingly far. Not questions you've asked before, like, um, for example, what was your most meaningful experience at work yesterday? Or um, what's what's an experience that you've never had that you'd like to try before you die? Or um, 
When was the last time you told a lie or bent the truth a little bit? That's a little confronting, not one to start with, but this actually goes back to what you quoted from your previous guest, because asking questions with true curiosity, questions which are open-ended, which make room for a new response than your partner's given before, is a way of expressing appreciation and uh, approval comes in really receiving whatever the answer is. Another, another kind of question is that often couples, when things are not going well, are in a kind of a gridlock. And um, each of them has complete conviction about their point of view. And again, asking questions does not make you um, give up any ground or risk losing the argument. But if you ask questions to really understand, you know, how does he or she see it that way? Like, I see it so differently. You don't need to say that when you ask the question, but you know, how do you come to the conclusion that, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't have an example right away, but, but asking questions just gets the juices flowing. It's just the first step, but it really is an underutilized and underestimated tool in relating. I know that when children don't want to listen to the parents because the parents keep giving advice or whatever, and sometimes when I'm working with them with the names and the child has in the name that they don't want to listen, I make the suggestion to a parent that they say, tell me how you're going to do this. And when they tell it, they go, when they're done, they say, you know what? I think that's fascinating. I'd really like to see how that works out because I would have done it so differently because this is how I would have gone about it. So please, and then you tell them what you'd really like them to know. And then you say at the end, I'm really interested to see how that goes with you're doing it that way because maybe there's another way that works that I need to know too. And exactly. That is exactly a beautiful example of how curiosity creates connection engagement and it also paves the way for creativity because the opposite of curiosity is um lack of interest and being certain and certainty feeling certain about something typically leads either to disconnection or to conflict so you've, you've given a beautiful example of how curiosity really um it creates more spaciousness and more connection. Well, we need to take our last break. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You on xzbn.net and knowthename.com. Now, after the break, we're going to find out how you can gain more intimacy in your relationships and what Alexandra has in her name that has assisted her that you just might have in your name as well. Stay tuned. here and they've been here for thousands of years making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. 
Rachel, I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens, and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a Simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is Alexandra Stockwell, whose website is her name, alexandrastockwell.com. Now, she's taken her skills to a level where she's able to share her secrets with others to enable them to learn how to enhance their relationships. Now, you were promised right before the break that we were going to find out how to gain more intimacy in our relationships. So, Alexandra, what do you suggest that someone does if they would like more intimacy? I think the biggest thing which may surprise you is to consider what you're withholding from your partner and go ahead and say it. And that opens up the flow. Hmm. What if you want to say something about how somebody is in the bedroom? How would you start that without somebody going on the defensive? Well, I have a, um, a three part tool the first thing is to ask your partner if they're available to hear something vulnerable the second is to say why you want to share it and the third is to say what your desired outcome is and i find when someone is really clear about why they're sharing it and what their desired outcome is a lot of things can be said which otherwise wouldn't work out so well oh isn't that interesting i always say to start with saying you know, in Sharon's book, it says that you like blah, blah, blah with your sexuality. Is that true? Yet to try. So in, in your experience, Alexandra, how does one go about healing resentment? You know, I um, I think there are so many different ways, and the main thing is for someone to find the way that works for them. There, uh, from journaling, the Byron Katie work, um, there are twelve-step tools. Taking a pillow and whacking it against the wall, exercising intensively. I really think it doesn't matter how, as long as you're moving that stuff through you, so you can be free and clear for other experiences. Any suggestions on how to repair a relationship after trust has been broken in that relationship? Carefully, and I don't, I don't mean that um, to blow off the question, but I think people are used to moving very fast in the world, and when there is betrayal, the most important thing is to move slowly. So how long would you think slowly would be? I mean... I usually say to somebody when I'm doing their name, you know, mark this on your calendar. By this time, your name indicates that you'll be moving into something else, you know, but it, it literally tells me how long it ought to take for that person. So and I and I find if they can mark their calendar, then they can keep hopeful during that time period that it's not going to be a fast, quick thing. Do you do anything like that? You know, I haven't, but I love what you say and I would like to learn more about it. Um the, the main thing, I mean, I feel this way when things are going well or when there's betrayal, but it's particularly urgent with betrayal, is that people really take the time to feel their feelings. We're used to rushing over them. And if one stays connected with one's feelings, then nothing gets rushed and things happen in a comprehensive manner. Now, you know, there's a whole lot of people out there and their names that say they would just rather bury their emotions and not have to deal with them. So what would you say to those people? 
That might seem easier in the short term, but there's a great cost. I'm somebody who has recovered from that perspective. I still naturally go to my head and have to remind myself to feel, but life is a lot richer if one leans in and finds the courage to actually feel what the experience is. What about repairing a partnership and getting it back on on keel after someone's been uh, had infidelity? You know, I think there's a really big choice and it doesn't need to be decided right away because infidelity can be uh, something that really is the beginning of the end or not so much the beginning, but it really moves things towards the end. It also can be the most amazing wake-up call where both people look at how they've contributed to the situation in the relationship such that the infidelity happened in the first place. And that's not an easy thing to do, but it's very worthwhile. There is a set of books that starts the first one out of the three set series called The Initiate by His Pupil that talks about infidelity and how to turn that around. And I think that's the best example that I have ever read anywhere with all of the reading I've done on on how to use it without looking at the third person as the enemy, whatever, but instead to include that person and it literally goes through and says how to do that to make that a relationship where all three people can heal and have a good relationship. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I am aware of many times when a divorce happens that one person absolutely still loves the partner that, that is leaving and that the marriage no longer works for. And I believe when both people are dissatisfied, it's easier for them to move on from the marriage and heal whatever it was and get their life going. But when you still absolutely love the partner and they're leaving for whatever reason or they've done something egregious and so the partnership needs to be um, split apart, but the love is still there. I think that takes people a lot longer to heal from. And do you have any suggestions or ideas on what they can do to help themselves heal when their partner is leaving them who they still absolutely are in love with? So if you're in the situation where your partner has moved on and you're still just deeply connected and in love, I would recommend that every day, it doesn't need to be every single day. There's no magic in that. But on a regular basis, you write that now ex-partner a letter. You're not going to mail it to the person, but you just communicate with them through the letter. And in the process of writing down everything you have to say, you will move through it. Because just ignoring how you feel never really leads to a positive outcome. Yeah, but but feeling it all the time and and not knowing what to do. So I like that, that they can take action by writing a letter. And I want to suggest that anytime somebody's in turmoil over any relationship, that they can write letters that they don't send. Because Yes, absolutely. And it's actually really helpful if if someone's going to do that to even write it more or less at the same time every day. And then it doesn't consume you 24-7 because you know you're going to have your time to really give it the attention it deserves and then get on with being more functional in the rest of your life. So what is the the best turnaround that you've seen with the couples that you have counseled from where they were to where they are? Uh, I worked with a couple a few years ago. They just popped into my mind when you asked that question. And when I... Um, They'd been married for 19 years, and they had not had sex in eight months. And um, I think we had two or three sessions where we were really working exclusively on how they communicate and how they orient in the relationship. And then I was prepared to start talking about more intimate matters and so I, you know, very gently and respectfully asked a question and they just started laughing. They said, oh, no, no, we're, we're good with that. It just was a natural consequence of communicating more authentically. When, when you're advising couples or they're coming to you and they're wanting to have more intimacy, do you find that they're very 
open or they need to be guided to get open? And are there ever topics that the couple just kind of like scringe with and goes, yeah, right, we're not going there? Um, I find the couples that I work with to be courageous, but I wouldn't necessarily say open when we start because I'm working with committed couples. These are not people who are dating. They've been together for a while. Their sense of self is very related to the relationship and they've been kind of locked in a dynamic which isn't working. And in that situation, it's a very tender matter to go into territory that is um, painful and people often are concerned it's going to be Pandora's box. So I proceed very gently, very respectfully until we get some momentum going. Lastly, what do you wish that every person knew, Alexandra, about having a long-lasting relationship? Honestly, I wish everyone knew it's possible to have that, that in long relationships, long committed relationships, there's an exquisite quality that's available in the relationship. And it really is available to everyone if they open to the possibility and get themselves the education to create it. Thank you for taking your time and joining us, Alexandra. It's much appreciated. It's such a pleasure. I love how you weave in so much into the names and from all the different disciplines of life. Thank you, Sharon. <laughs> Uh, be prepared, surprised, and pleased when you get to experience Alexandra Stockwell's work. Again, her website is her name, alexandrastockwell.com. Now, Alexandra's name excels at being able to see things that are not there, but more like a visionary. Now, this is found in the letter combination AL. You have to have the L that immediately follows the A, the AL combination, and it can be anywhere in your name. If your name has an AL in it, then you too have the capacity to be a visionary. Do you know where your genius lies? I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, host of the radio show, Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net.
You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simultv. Simultv offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.